From Homedale to Salmon River, District 3 has several teams that don't always get their due. Stepping outside the shadows of the SIC, this is the Treasure Valley PrepCast with Logan Green. That's right. It's another edition of the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, breaking down everything 3A, 2A, 1A in the Treasure Valley, a.k.a. District 3. I'm Brandon Bainey. He's Logan Green. Logan, what's up? Not much. Just getting prepped for the uh, the Hawaii tournament that we'll be covering uh, this weekend on Idaho Sports. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. I wanted to start the prep cast today, and you and I are both running up against it schedule-wise, so we're going to skip the pleasantries and just dive right in. I wanted right, to let's do it. I, wa- I wanted to start today with uh, girls basketball, if that's okay. Is that all right? Yeah. Okay. Girls basketball. And, and I wanted to, because we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon and on Tuesday night. So last night or, or Tuesday night, if you're listening to this later, a pretty big three, a uh, conference game took place between Fruitland and Parma. And this was a wild game. I mean, back and forth down to the wire, Fruitland had the ball with like eight seconds to go, went the length of the floor. Uh, one of their guards, uh, tried to penetrate and ended up throwing it on, on the low block to um, Gracie Huff. She's the, a senior post for Fruitland. Huff turns around and scores from like two feet as time expires. And Fruitland with the buzzer beater knocks off Parma 48 to 46. It was a very exciting game. And for Fruitland, they're now five and three overall. Parma drops to two and seven. It was a very uh, surprising role reversal here. Yeah, that's a brutal way to lose a conference game, too. Just right there at the buzzer and out on the other end, if you're Fruitland, what a great way to win a game. Uh, buzzer beaters are always fun to see. Uh, no matter what level of basketball it is, that, that that's what you live for is to see uh, those games won at the last minute. So, yeah, so with the win, Fruitland is 1-0 in conference. It was their conference opener. And for Parma, it was their conference opener as well. So they're 0-1. What do we make of this Panthers team coming in? We thought, you know, they were going to be pretty solid. Now they have played a very tough schedule. And so you look at, they've played Melba twice, Coal Valley Christian twice. They've played Grangeville, Sugar Salem, West Jefferson, Amit. I mean, this is a, a gauntlet of a schedule for Parma. But now we talked about this during the football season with Grangeville a little bit where they made such a difficult schedule that it really put a lot of pressure on them to perform well uh, when districts comes. And even with that, you always have to think of the max preps rankings and with Parma being two and seven because of this really daunting schedule, they're probably not going to get a favorable seed if they get to state. Yeah, unfortunately not, like you said. But you look at who they've played, it's not like they have any – if we were the NCAA committee, uh, would we sit down and say, yeah, that's a bad loss? I, I, right now, I don't see it for Parma. So you've at least got that going for you, knowing that you're playing tough. I mean, they they um, they also played Cole Valley a couple days ago on the 11th. That's another tough game um, to play. And yeah, it's just, just been a tough season for them. Kind of out of character for Parma girls basketball. We're used to seeing them do very well, but, but here's the thing. They went on the road and won at West Jefferson, which is a lot hard to do going that far on the road. And then they beat a four, a team in Emmett. So it's not like they're playing cupcakes and, and getting, 
um, beat by a thousand points. I mean, they lost by Melba. They lost to Melba by three. Um, they lost to Sugar Salem, who's always in the mix. So I, you know, I think you got to think that they'll get it worked out, right? They have yeah. the Parma Holiday Tournament coming up. That'll give them a chance to play uh, some teams maybe they're not accustomed to seeing. Uh, maybe get some wins rattled off. Um, but as you get into to conference play, we'll see what happens. I mean, Weezer right now is is looking pretty good themselves. They're sitting at six and two. Uh, they've had some big wins. They beat Nampa Christian this week. Uh, they beat Vale this week as well. So the Weezer girls team, and they also beat McCall Donnelly. So I uh, got to watch out for them right now. They're looking really strong in conference. Yeah, Parma, seven losses. They lost to Fruitland by two last night. They lost to Melba by three in the season opener. They lost to Melba by two in the rematch. They have lost. Uh, they lost to Grangeville by two. They've lost uh, to Coal Valley by ten points each time. So I mean, they've been right in the games. Just yeah, they never. Play. They've been within a possession every time. And you know, I I don't have the deep detailed stats on this, but but could it be a free throw? Thing. You know, you, you miss a couple free throws that will change the trajectory of a game. Uh, what is it that uh, have they missed those shots coming down the stretch? Uh, those are things that typically um, you want to see corrected in the second half of the season. And right now, uh, out of conference, you can you can have those mistakes because, as we know, really it just matters what happens in districts. You got to get hot at the right time. Uh, we saw that in, in boys and girls soccer this year. It was who was hot at the right time that was making it to districts or winning through districts and then winning through state. And so, right. I don't think you can count Parma out at all at this point, really just that, that conference lost to Fruitland is their, you know, the dock on them for districts right now, but look out for them to, I, I, I think they get it corrected. I think you can, the law of averages, right. You can't keep losing those tight games. You have to at least win some of them. Right. And I think with their history that they will turn that around and win some of those tight games playing in them now maybe helps them out later on down the road. Yeah. And for Fruitland, uh, what a, what a start to the season for the Grizzlies and want to know in the conference and, and they deserve a lot of credit as well. Two uh, a girls basketball. Uh, I voted in the first media poll of the season should be coming out later this week. My top two in the entire state for two a were Cole Valley one Melba two. And, and I don't think it's particularly close anywhere else. I mean, those two teams are a combined 19 and two overall. And it's not like they've been um, squeaking by anybody either. You look at it last week, Cole Valley beat Ambrose by over 40 points. Uh, Ambrose is a good team. They're five and two and they got beat by over 40. I look at Melba going up and playing against new Plymouth and, um, or I guess new Plymouth coming down there, but new Plymouth, of course, a state tournament, team from a year ago and they beat them by 25 uh just just a great effort by both of those have been melba of course uh knocked off a nampa christian team that is also has a winning record at six and four and they beat them by 40 uh just phenomenal effort from those two teams this week in the season and i i don't disagree with those rankings having them one and two and and we'll see how it shakes out when everybody else's vote comes out but you got to think that those two are right there with everybody else as well 
Yeah, Cole Valley's lone loss was to Lapway. No, no shame there. Lapway is a, a premier girls program, even if they're a lower level, 1AD1. Melba's lone loss came to Cole Valley Christian, so good company. Uh, New Plymouth sits in third place, and they're a team I'm kind of keeping an eye on. Uh, they're 6-3 and three overall, 3-1 three and one in the conference. They, they took a big step this week uh, with, a, with a win over Nampa Christian. Actually, that was, was last week, over, over Nampa Christian, 50-41. to 41. And I think with that result, the Pilgrims are, have kind of solidified themselves as, as third banana in this WIC conference. They've got a big game coming up on Saturday against Cole Valley Christian. That's a home game for New Plymouth. That's one I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Yeah, that will be a good one. Of course, we saw them play Melba. Uh, they, I guess I should say only, in air quotes, lost to Melba by 25 because um, we mentioned it. Melba's destroying everybody that they play. Uh, but right now, you look, yeah, look at New Plymouth's record. Um, they, they do have a loss to Grangeville, but that was on the road in Grangeville. Always tough to do going up there. And they lost to Fruitland, who we just talked about, is tearing it up at the 3A level. When you look at some of the wins, they beat Homedale, uh, beat Orofino on the road. They've already beaten Ambrose once, Marsing, Napa Christian. Uh, and then they had a big win over def the defending champs at 1AD1 level in Tri-Valley. So setting up for a great matchup, and I think maybe we'll see where they stand in that top three. Um, like you mentioned, definitely a step below Cole Valley and um, and Melba, but how far below? Uh, we've already seen them lose to Melba by about 20, 25 points. We'll see how close they can keep it against Cole Valley and see kind of where they stand in that race. If we move on to the 1A D1 ranks in the Western Idaho Conference there, in the preseason coaches poll, Liberty Charter was picked as the preseason favorite, but the Patriots are only one in five and they're 0 and one in the conference. A big result last night as notice defeated Liberty Charter 39 to 34. And now it's the Pirates and Rimrock who are at the top of the conference standings. Yeah, seeing I think that that result um, kind of opens everything up a little bit, I think. Um, of, of course, Liberty Charter lost Madison Hodnett, the perennial triple-double machine um, there. She was averaging almost that every game last year, and trying to replace her it seems, is looking to be a little more difficult than maybe uh, we originally thought. He said they lost a notice last night by five, and you like to see that from notice. They're kind of a fringe team the last couple of years, just on the verge of making it to state. And with a win like that, maybe you look at them in a different light now and say, hey, Maybe this this team is right here. Uh, Nampa Christian Nampa Christian played Liberty Charter a couple times this year. Um, that's that's a couple of their losses. So you've got some two A losses on your schedule. Um, I don't know how much you want to weigh those out against others, but it's looking like they won't uh, have their way in the conference like they have in the past. And like you said, Rimrock, uh, they they've been on top of it. They um, they held Jim State to ten points the other day. <laughs> that's that's incredible. I don't care what level of basketball you play or how good a team is, but to hold a team to only scoring uh, 10 points is a, is a great defensive effort in and of itself. Another team that's kind of quietly been lurking as well is Wilder six and four overall. They're three and one in the conference. Yeah. The, the Wildcats, you know, I saw the Wilder's boys team play this weekend, uh, but the girls team, like you said, they've had some good games. I mean, they, they did lose to Garden Valley, which is tough. Garden Valley is going to be really good this year. But they've opened up with some wins, um, some conference wins to start the season. They, they defeated Idaho City. 
uh, defeated North Star Charter. Uh, but you look back a couple weeks ago on December 9th. Well, I guess that was last. Was that last week? Yeah, last. It was. Man, I time is going. Uh, <laughs> but they they defeated or they lost to notice um, in that game. And, and that one, um, a big gap. That was a 64 to 25 win for notice over uh, Wilder. So, you know, if you take that into account, it's looking like notice may really is on to something right now this season. I can't wait for notice and Rimrock to play for the first time this year. And we'll have to wait for a little bit. It's the last, actually, it's the last game of the year. Well, let me make sure I'm looking at this right. I think, I think it's actually, oh, no, I don't I'm have to wait long Wilder. at all. It's, it's tomorrow. <laughs> I'm looking, I was looking at Wilder's schedule. Yeah. It looks like yeah. tomorrow. Those two teams play at seven 30. That should be a great matchup between those two. And, you know, if you look at the schedule, Rimrock is actually going to carry that first week of January and carry a team that made it to state last year, and they're good at everything as well. That could be a potential um, – well, it won't be a matchup because Kerry's a 1A D2 school, but um, that should be a great game for the Raiders too to see how they fare out of conference. Um, right now they they have a couple losses um, coming to that same conference, actually, that 1A Division two. Um, conference there in district four, they lost to Richfield and Camas County uh, so far on the season. So we'll see if they can get the, the district four monkey off their pack in that game against Cary in a couple weeks. Yeah. So Richfield, Camas County and Cary all qualified for state last year at the one AD two level. So those are good programs that they're playing. Right. Um, so yeah, that's going to be a game we'll talk about next week, Logan on the prep cast. We'll, we'll kind of recap what happened between Rimrock and, and yeah. uh, and notice on Thursday night. Uh, finally, let's check in on the one AD two. You know, Garden Valley continuing to impress six and zero overall, one and zero in the conference. I still think this is Council's conference to to lose, and Tri Valley is five and two, and I think they still have something to say as well. Yeah, I mean, you can't count them out having that experience from going to the state championship last year and winning it. Uh, so you can't count them out. But like you said, maybe Garden Valley a little bit more back to themselves than they were last year with just missing state. Um, but but so far this year, Garden Valley, um, you know, Garden Valley, Tri-Valley, and Council really look to be the strongholds. Really not a lot of games that happened at the 1AD2 level uh, last week here in District 4. Um, Council's been off for about a week or so after that that big win they had against McCall a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, not every team puts their stats into max preps. Um, a lot do, but some don't. But when you look at the girls basketball state leaders on max preps, Katie Wentz from Garden Valley is leading. And again, this is just the teams that have put their stats in, but she's right, the leader right. in, in points per game, you know, uh, 15, 16 points a night. Pretty impressive. Yeah, that's a great. And, and she's one of, I mean, we mentioned it earlier. Seems like she's been at Garden Valley forever, or maybe it's just, I think it's just the really good players just stick in your mind and you think they've been there forever. Uh, but she's just been such a key piece in that Garden Valley team. And like you said, averaging 15 points a game, it's another key piece that um, if you get 15 points a game from one player, you're going to score a lot of points in a game. Yeah. Well, that's our girls basketball uh, wrap up. Let's uh, move to boys basketball. We have the small school showcase take place in Mountain View High School last week. We had every single game live, uh, free video coverage on IdahoSports.com. It was a long day for Paul Kingsbury 
and uh, yourself, Logan. What I mean, we can go game by game. Let's let's just real quick when we look at what happened. What what stood out to you the most from what you? Said? Um, I, so couple things. Um, I'm I'm trying to think back because it was a, it was a long day. <laughs> trying to think of exactly everything. Um, but I was impressed with Salmon River. I don't I don't think that they're going to state. I don't know how many games they're going to win, but this is a team that had two players on the bench. Uh, one got hurt. So they were playing with essentially six guys out there. And, and we kind of thought, you know, I mean, they did lose. They lost by 30 to Dietrich, um, but they, they, they hustled and they didn't, they didn't let anything go. They were really on top of it. They were hustling down the court, really trying their best. Um, so I, I was just impressed with the effort of the Salmon River squad there. Um, something else I tell you, it was a great game between Liberty charter and, um, I'm drawing a blank here, Liberty charter and, um, Raff river came down to the last minute. Raff river was down one and had an inbounds play under the basket to win it. But all of a sudden coming out of nowhere, um, Liberty charter just gets their hand on it and kind of pops it up into the air, uh, that in, in the time runs out. And I tell you, it was a great effort. Dallin Criddle was the player of the game. He was phenomenal. Um, Liberty Charter looks good. I thought you know, every, it's early. Everybody has room to go, but Liberty grow. But Liberty Charter looked, they looked good. I liked what I saw from them. Um, uh, Wilder, I thought maybe had some. I, I thought maybe that they could take a step forward this year. They looked like maybe they do have some room for improvement. Of course, they played Oakley, who is extremely good um but but they really struggled to, to score the ball and, and somebody just needs to step up for that wilder team is what i would like to see from them and then just another note garden valley was playing in that tournament we've mentioned it before how do you replace all of those key players that you've had for years and years uh, that are phenomenal and it looks to be a little bit of a work in progress they really relied on the three-point shot um and and nobody really was taking command of the ball and, and cutting to the basket or driving in, um, at least in that game. Again, that's the, I'm looking at a small fragment of time, just one game. Um, but out of Garden Valley, I think they're going to have to find somebody that, that wants to take control of the game, kind of like you would see Kobe Kelly do last year, uh, where he said, okay, it's crunch time, I'm taking it. Um, the Corn brothers for Garden Valley shot the ball lights out, though. Um one of them had had seven threes. Eight was the school record. He had seven of them um, in that game. <clears throat> so they can shoot the three. That has not gone away. Garden Valley will light you up from three. But I'd like to see a little more, you know, taking it down low. Who's going to cut it? Who's going to control this game um, in that aspect of it? But it was a great day of basketball altogether. Um, I, I think that Liberty Charter is going to be really tough to deal with just because of Dallin Criddle, that guy could play at any level. Uh, he's tall, he's fast. He was, you know, pretending to dunk in warmups. He can get up there if he has a fast break opportunity, but then he can also knock down his free throws and hit jump shots from the outside too. And that Liberty Charter defense just locked down Raft River, who you know, Raft River, another school that's great at a lot of sports, has a lot of great athletes, and they really shut them down um, defensively. 
Yeah, so there were eight games in total. It started with Camas County defeating Compass Charter 68-45. to I think Compass was the only 2A school there, right? I think otherwise it was 1A. So, yeah. yeah. E- yes. And then you had uh, Shoshone defeat Riverstone 52-34. Riverstone, of course, got all the way to the championship game last year at the 1A D1 level, but lost everybody except one varsity player. So they're still kind of trying to figure it out. So they, they fell in the second game. The third game uh, looked like it was a pretty good one. North gem defeated horseshoe bend 45, 35 North gem is a team that's uh, lost a lot from a state tournament team last year. So that was an interesting uh, result. Then you had Richfield defeat North star charter 65, 31, you had Wilder uh, fall to Oakley, 61 to 12. Uh, you had Dietrich with the win over Salmon River, 73 to 41. Garden Valley with the win over Grace Lutheran, 59 43. And then that nightcap was the best game, right? Liberty Charter over oh, Rap yeah. River by one, 36 35. So, yeah, it was very tight. I would, uh, at one point, <clears throat> Liberty Charter had gotten up by. Um, by nine points, and then all of a sudden, Raft River came back and took a short lead. Um, but then it it was between it would be seven, eight points. A lot of that that third and fourth quarter, and then all of a sudden, Raft River just just evaporated that lead and had a chance. Like I said, they had the ball, they had possession of it with a couple seconds left to go. Um, just just couldn't get the ball inbounds. It got knocked up into the air, and Liberty Charter snuck away with the win. And I mean. Raff Rivers, a team picked second in their league behind Oakley. Um, they're going to be a really good squad this year. So it's a great uh, win, a uh, non-conference win for Liberty Charter. Probably the probably the best one they'll pick up all season. I would think so. So because the the league they play in is so big as well that you know they have a lot of yeah games within the conference. Let's let's look ahead to kind of another in a way a small school showcase this weekend. Uh, actually, it starts tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at Owyhee High School, the brand-new high school in Meridian. They're holding uh, their first-ever Owyhee tournament. There is a uh, big schools bracket and a small schools bracket. The big schools are the 5A, 4A. We don't talk about them on here uh, on this prep cast. That's a different one. Um, but the, there's the small school bracket where it's eight teams that are like 3A, 2A. Kind of interesting. Yeah, there's even a there's one one A school sneaking in there in Castleford as well. Mm. Um, but this is a great field. You've got <clears throat> Castleford and Westside in the first game of the day tomorrow. Then you have St. Mary's and Malad in the second game. Uh, you have Ambrose and Homedale in the third game, and then wrapping it up is Aberdeen and McCall Donnelly. Um, and then all the three of these teams will play three games. Uh, we'll have them all on IdahoSports.com. Um, we'll be able to do video for all but the championship game uh, for these. So, the, I mean, they'll be great. And I think um, you, just, just looking at the bracket right now, um, man, it looks like the 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 top is – the whole thing is loaded. You look at it, and I, I do think you see um, probably in the second round, I think in the semifinals of it, you'll probably see West Side against St. Mary's and then – Ambrose against McCall Donnelly. Um, of course, Homedale is picked to, to win their conference. So, I mean, that that's going to be a great game right off the bat, that Ambrose-Homedale game. I think that might be the best game of day one is Ambrose and Homedale. That one will be a 630 tip on IdahoSports.com. 
Yeah, we're going to cover every single game from the small school bracket at the Hawaii tournament, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Coverage all on IdahoSports.com. Selfishly, the matchup I want to see, and I don't I don't care whether it comes on the winner's side or the, or the loser's side of the bracket, I want to see St. Mary's play Ambrose. I want a rematch of that 2A championship from last year because you talk to Ambrose fans and they think that, uh, and I tend to agree that they they were right in that 2A championship game last year. It came down to the final two minutes of play and St. Mary's was able to make a couple more plays, but they felt like they they left a championship on the table. So I'm, re- I'm really excited uh, and hoping that Ambrose and St. Mary's can meet up again. That that's what I'm leaning towards, Brandon. I'm bre- leaning towards an Ambrose St. Mary's final, uh, but you really got to look out for McCall. They're the ones that that are just kind of lurking there at the bottom of this bracket who made it to the 3A state championship last year um, with DJ Green back. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be tough to beat McCall in this tournament, um, coming off a high that they had last year. And you look at Westside as well. Westside has been there; they've done that. And they can be sneaky too. And if you're St. Mary's or Malad in that second game, you got to watch out for West Side. Um, I'm excited to see all these schools. A lot of these ones are schools that you don't see in the regular season uh, that we don't get a ton of chance to to cover them. And so I'm excited to see Castle Ford. They're supposed to be good this year as well. Um, but that, like you said, St. Mary's Ambrose, I think that has the potential to be a very good championship game. Yeah, that's going to be uh, a lot of fun, I think. So that's what's going on with boys basketball. Real quickly, I did want to mention the first wrestling coaches poll of the season came out last week. It'll always come out probably like Thursday, Friday, towards the end of the week. Um, so we'll always be a week behind when we're talking about it on the prep cast. But what stood out to me was New Plymouth at the top of the 2A-1A coaches poll. I really do think, you know, New Plymouth is a is a school that has a great wrestling tradition. And they've had some great individuals over the past couple of years. I really like New Plymouth this year in wrestling. I think they've got a good chance. Yeah, they're looking like you said, I think that that uh, tradition, I think it, it it just makes I've said this about football, um, but it makes the younger generation want to come up and do just as well. You know, those kids, they at least for me, I don't know how it was for you, Brandon, but wrestling wasn't um talked about much in my school or wasn't really um, people weren't busting down the doors to, to be in wrestling. And, and I think maybe if they'd been more successful and people knew about it, then, then people would be more likely to do that. And I think you get that at a place like new Plymouth where <clears throat> they're so good year in and year out that, uh, that, that the younger generation sees the older one uh, succeeding and going to state and, and winning trophies and medals and w- what have you. And they want to be a part of that. It's, it's contagious. Winning is contagious. They want to, they want to follow in their footsteps. And so they start young in preparation to get there. And it looks like it's already paying off uh, this season for those youngsters coming up for new Plymouth uh, looking good this year. Yeah. At, at my school, Logan, uh, we didn't even have wrestling. So well, there you go. I, I knew that the team was there. I knew where the practice room was, but we were uh said so- i would have been a wrestler at all i would have been dominant my nephew actually started wrestling uh over in idaho falls so i'm excited to get into it a little bit more and, and see how he's doing uh when he starts making his way up into high school he's, he's in middle school right now but uh, he'll be a tiger one day yeah that's that's gonna be a lot of fun to to track that uh but yeah my school uh, was a class A school in montana that would be like a 4a school in idaho and we were the only 
class A <laughs> school in the entire state that didn't have wrestling. That didn't have one. Yeah. Way to go, okay. Brandon. That could have been you, man. <laughs> could, could have been a one-man show. <laughs> That's right. I could have been a one-man show. You, uh, you would have been the best and worst player on your team. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it, that's uh, true. I can't, I can't dispute that. That's how I feel I am with the IdahoSports.com team as well. I'm the best while, while simultaneously being the worst. <laughs> oh, you're not the worst. You're not the worst. <laughs> we won't name names here. Right. On the not, if you're listening, it's probably you. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Yeah, of course. Uh, also, uh, Weezer did. Uh, Weezer tied for fifth in the 3A coaches poll for wrestling as well. So we'll see how how they do as we, uh, you know, early on in the season, it's mostly duels, and then we get into some big tournaments, and then and then after the new year, I feel like is when things really start to yeah. ramp up for wrestling. So we'll get into more of that uh, later on. Uh, in 2022 uh let's wrap up the prep cast today logan a lot of news you know fall sports just won't go away <laughs> will they you're right they're still we had, here we had all state volleyball last week all state football came out like today like what like an hour ago right yeah what you i, I haven't even seen the list logan because i've yeah I've been i was reading another the podcast, list. so yeah i was le- reading the list right before we came on here of course the 3a Player of the year turns out to be take a guess, Brandon. Uh, Brett Spencer, we got it. You win a prize. Yes, Brett Spencer is a player of the year. Uh, Tom Harrison is the coach of the year. Kind of nobody didn't see that coming, right? Those right. two um, phenomenal seasons. And you look down if you look at I'm I have everybody listed here, but there's there's just so many um, from three A. But um, I'm just gonna do the first team from three A. But you. Hayden Kinchlow and Willie Schertz were all state running backs on the first team. Uh, Brock Spencer was a wide receiver on the first team. Riley Willette, uh, Obed Palacios from Homedale, um, Willie Hahn from Homedale on the defensive line. And then Willie Schertz was actually a first teamer on the other side of the line on the defensive line now too. So he's all state running back and all state defensive line on first team. Um, ben Riley Willette as well on the defensive side of the ball, and then finally Eli Heck. So that's from from D from the District Three level, just chocked full of Homedale and Weezer players. It's basically the Homedale Weezer show uh, for those two <laughs> first and second team. Uh, if we go down the list, down to two A now, two A. Um, there was only two players from District Three. That were on the first team. Let me um, let me try and guess. Sto- was Stosich from Melba? Yep. yep. Okay. So he was a first team wide receiver, and the other one was Landon um, Cheney, but he was in at punter, not quarterback, oh. for um, for first team. Um, now, second team was, and you know, I was looking at that thinking, well, man, that's not a lot of love for District Three. I thought. If you look at it, look at the 2A one. It is full of Westside, Earth, and North Fremont. 90% of the players are from those three schools. Of course, those are probably the, the best three schools, so it, it makes sense. But, man, chock full of those three schools. But the second team is full of Nampa Christian players. If you look at it, Landon Chaney uh, first team, or is a second-team quarterback. Dane Bradshaw is a second-team linebacker and running back. Uh Simon DeJong was a second-team wide receiver. Um, Josh Tiersman, 
um, second team defensive back and tight end. Uh, Knudsen for, from Nampa Christian, second team kicker. Caleb Johnson was a second team linebacker. And those are all from Nampa Christian. Just six players on the second team squad. And then finally from Cole Valley, uh, Ben, um, sorry, Ben Benliger. Uh, he was in at punter for second team. So if you want a punter, uh, D3 is the place to come here um, with the Nampa Christian and the Coal Valley Christian uh, punters both making all state this year. Uh, then you go down a level and it gets a little bit slimmer. At the 1AD1 level, um, Julian Gallegos was a first team defensive lineman out of notice. And then second team for also out of notice was Carter Woodland at running back and then Aaron Jimenez on the defensive line. Uh, and then finally at the 1AD2 level, uh, Blaine Meyer was a first-team running back out of Horseshoe Bend as well as Keegan Smith from Horseshoe Bend on the offensive line. And then the only person getting on the second team uh, was a defensive lineman, uh, Wayne Vining, Vining from Council. And that does it for District 3 uh, All-State selections. Hmm. Seems a little light there in the eight-man game. but Yeah, it is very light. Uh, only two or three from 1AD2. Uh you, you know, I, I get it that, that, yeah. I don't know. There, no. there wasn't anybody else from our district that was <laughs> besides I, yeah. these three. I horseshoe Ben went undefeated up until the state championship and, and they get two. Uh, you know, maybe a little bulletin board material there for next year, but, um, so, but yeah, um, that, that's it for state football. Um, I think that, finally is the nail in the football coffin, Brandon. Yes. Uh, well, not really. I mean, early signing day is today for college. That's football. true. That's true. Signing uh, day, so, yeah. so, some Idaho athletes outside of district three have already kind of announced what they're doing. So uh, football never stops. <laughs> it's it's year round. Uh, before we get out of here, can, can I get on my soapbox for a second? Can hop we, on up, Brandon. We got, we got time for Brandon's soapbox. <laughs> yes. Let's hear it. it. It has to do with these all state football selections. I think that the way it's done in the state of Idaho, I actually put more stock into the all-conference teams than I do the all-state team. Because when an all-conference team is selected, it's the coaches from that conference that really intimately know the players right. and teams. When you get to the level of all-state, you've got coaches from the north having to vote on players from all around the state. And so it's not their fault, but I think human nature tends to be well, this team made it far in the playoffs and that's who we saw. So I'm going to, so, so what happens is the all state team is a reflection of the best players from the teams that went really far, not necessarily yep. the best teams in the state of Idaho. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I see it, man. Cause you, you look and how are there only two horseshoe bend players? I, I just, there, there, there's 22 spots on this 20, whatever 24 spots and and only two uh and so this yeah. is um and it's 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 because horseshoe bend lost in the quarterfinals right? yeah. And, yeah and so not not as many coaches from around the state got to see them i don't i don't blame the coaches i don't i, bl I blame the system in montana where i'm from they do it differently and it worked to me it works really well it's uh the all conference teams are decided and then they take the first team all conference players, uh, you know, 24 of them, right? 11 on offense, 11 on defense, and your 
kicker and punter. They then ask those coaches, okay, here's the first team all-conference selections. Rank them one through 24. Mm -hmm. You sit down and those, again, the conference coaches sit down and vote one through 24. And from that list, the top 16 of the 24 are automatically given all-state status. And that's how the all-state team is is selected. So every conference has equal representation. And it's it's the coaches that really know the players that are making the best selections. Yeah, you're getting the best players from the conference when you could have some – neglected just because people don't know like you're so the fourth best player in our conference and in the conference here in district four or district three didn't didn't get in from both the one ad one and the one ad two level like you would think they probably should have been an all-state player if you're the fourth best player in your league that you're you're probably you know pretty good at your position uh, at, at the state level as well. So like you said, that that method probably um, a little more equitable and, and gets those players um, a little more recognition than maybe they would get um, the way they do it right now. Now, obviously, the numbers could be adjusted, right? You've got some leagues that are literally two teams, right? So you can't you can't have right. 16 yes. guys from, from a two-team league. But um, And then from there, once they have the big list of all-state players, they then sit down and vote for first-team, second-team, honorable mention. So there's still some distinction right, right. amongst the all-state players as well. So anyways, that was my yeah. soapbox. Yeah, hop on down, Brandon. You're done. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. And we are done here on the Treasure Valley PrepCast. A lot of exciting action uh, coming up. Uh, stay tuned to idahosports.com this weekend for all of the action from the Hawaii tournament, the small school bracket. Not doing anything with the big schools, just the small schools. Uh, eight teams. It's going to be four games a day. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Logan and uh, Wayne. Wayne to Zubac, right? You're going to be on the call? Uh, yeah. Well, um, Clay will also um, be okay. in on about half the games. And I think we actually, at the end of it, we're actually going to have um, two two of the big school games um, just because of the way the bracket shakes out. Um, some, okay. some of the big schools will be playing on the court that we will be covering, and so we'll get to cover a couple of them. Um, and then we'll, we're, we decided we're going to do audio. Uh, we can only do audio there on the main gym at Owyhee. Uh, but we'll do audio for the championship of both games, actually. So there'll be a little bit more than just the small school. You'll get a small taste of the big school as well. Okay, a small taste of a big school of the big schools and a big taste of the. Small That's right. School. That's right. That's how it should be. Right. That's how it I should like be. That. I like that. Okay, well, let's let's come back next week. Let's let's do an all tournament team. Logan, tell me who yeah, really yeah, stood we can out. Talk about uh, the 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 all stars in this tournament and and who really made it go. Uh, it should be a great tournament. I'm excited to be there for it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to the uh, Treasure Valley PrepCast. Enjoy the games and competitions this weekend, everybody. For Logan Green, I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.